You know, we talked about the Brewers game. People are emotional. Last night in the ninth inning, I got mad when they went, they were behind, and I said, I'm going to sleep. I wake up this morning, look in the paper, and Ricky Weeks hit a home run in the ninth inning. Boom. And now it was in Colorado, but chances are, how many of you stayed up and watched it? Yeah. Did you go, oh, that's great. You know what I mean? Um, and then just our, our whole emotion, this is Green Bay. Um, I was a Packer chaplain for a while back years ago, and you go to the games, and, man, people just get excited and geeked, right? Why is it then, if God wants to touch you emotionally, you know, in your worship life and in your personal life, that we get so freaked out? You know what happens, though? The enemy does not like people who want to just say, God, I'll I'll just take what you have for me. Now, that doesn't mean everybody in this room has to speak in tongues. Uh, But what I'm telling you is, it is an important part of my life. It has been an important part of my life for years. Hopefully, most of you that know me know that I'm not some crazy guy, you know, that just, you know, we don't pass snakes, though. I'll tell you that right now. Are you there? <laughs> Come on! And there's up in the Appalachians, you know, there's a scripture, there's just one scripture that says, if you take up any deadly thing, it will not harm you. So there's this group in the Appalachian Mountains that, you know, they crack out the rattlesnakes and pass them around. I'm telling you what, I would be out the door before they ever cracked a case. I wouldn't even be there. You know, but what happens to people in general is they judge something by the excesses or by the weirdness. They do. So therefore, you know the old expression, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Before I, and I'm just going to share some scripture with you today, just a little bit of personal experience, what the Word of God has to say. I mean, if you're if you don't believe that speaking in tongues is the real thing, then you, you better get your scissors out and cut out some major sections of the Bible. Now, there are smart evangelical Christians that do that. It's called dispensationalism. In other words, they say that isn't for our dispensation. And uh, I'll just talk a little bit about that. But I want to recommend a book to you for those of you that are sincere and wanting to Uh, develop a prayer life in every way that is available to you. You know, I want all God has for me. How about you? I want to be immersed in Him. I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. This book is entitled The Beauty of Spiritual Language. It's written by Dr. Jack Hayford. uh, Those of you that have been in Christianity a long time uh, would know Dr. Jack. In fact, uh, if if you pick up my little book after the service... Uh, Dr. Jack Hayford endorsed the book, told you you should read it, which is a nice thing. I've served for many years with him on the board of the Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. Now, here's just sort of an eye-opening thing for people who wonder about the reality of seeing spiritual gifts moving and happening. The Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea, they, they have researched this, historians have researched it, From the start of Jesus dying on the cross to now, the largest individual church in the history of Christianity is the full gospel church in Seoul, Korea. Right around 900,000 members in one church. You cannot believe it until you go there. Dr. Cho is a great guy. He, got, he came to Christ uh, right after the Korean War. God healed him of uh, a, a terrible disease, and he started the church. That particular church, if you were to go there, now it would be very similar to this in some ways, but they believe in the legitimate work of the Holy Spirit, including 
Pastor Cho would pray in tongues, not in the service. In fact, I'll show you some scripture that, uh, at least in a public sense. And so, and then a number of years ago, George Barna, who researches church growth across America, uh, this was just a few years ago, the top 100 growing churches in America, 92% of them embraced the fact that praying in a language that God gives you as a spiritual gift is the real deal. And, and, and yet, what's happened over the years is there has been some craziness. When we were kids, my mom's here, we would go to a church that practiced that, and they were pretty wild. Now, we didn't go, but we would go listen outside the window to those crazy people. All right? You know, we call them holy rollers. Are you there? Have you heard that term? So what's happened to many people in Christianity, and many of you who are solid Christians, who have even been taught maybe that this isn't real, have formulated opinions based on excesses. And so what we want you to do is just realize that God is wanting to open up all of heaven for you. Now this morning, I'm going to speak until about 10 after uh, uh, 11. In fact, you can just put up your stop signs at 10 after 11. I'll quit. You there? But this morning, at quarter to six, me and my dog, Coco, 5.30, my dog wakes me up. She really does. It's just, it's hilarious. She jumps back and forth over the top of me, slaps me with her little paw. And I hook her up, and we take our walk. During that walk of about 45 minutes, I spent at least a half an hour of that walk what referring to praying in the Spirit. Okay? Are you there? Now, if I'm meeting a group of other people walking, I don't just give them a show. I just sort of stop because they wouldn't understand it. Are you there? But what I'm telling you is it is a, a, a thing that is available to and It's part of our prayer lives. Uh, we have a... a I have not met him, but hopefully I will get to meet him soon, is Governor Perry from Texas. Have you heard that name? Uh, he is called, and if I can schedule, I'm going to be in San Diego the first week in August. Uh, my daughter's supposed to have a baby then, but if I can make it, I'm going to go to Houston on, on the 5th, on that Friday, and go to Reliance Stadium because Governor Perry has called a non-denominational prayer meeting because he made this statement, the thing that America needs across denominations is we need a reawakening that Jesus Christ is the answer. Are you there? Right? Now, I heard on Fox News this morning and, I, and last night that there is a, a group that is, has initiated a lawsuit to try to stop the event. All right? So we, you know, and this kind of thing would be unheard of. I was listening to a Catholic priest this morning on Fox News. He really was decrying the fact. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago when I spoke, they talked about President Reagan and the year of the Bible, and it was signed by those on both sides of the political aisle. If there ever was a time that the church needs to pray and gather all of the facets of what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives, it's now. Now, this church will never push any gift down your throat. In fact, you know, when, if, if, if there's a gift to be given, you've got to take it or be willing. And there are a multiplicity of gifts. And so we just want you to have an understanding, all right? So I'm going to quickly just share some scripture with you. But 
we, if at the end of the service or sometime, if you want to sign up to get one of these books, we'll order a bunch of them. And uh, I'm excited about what God's doing uh, with uh, uh, Jack Hayford. And uh, actually, Governor Perry has preached and is a very good friend of the president of our organization, Grace International. He's preached at our South Campus. He's a godly man. But the reality is there is a force in America that wants to stop godliness. And we're not going to necessarily... There's a lot of ways we can do that. We can go to the ballot box. We can run godly candidates. But you know what's really going to break it? Is a mighty revival of prayer in the body of Christ where we pray and we seek God and we build ourselves up. Are you with me? Now, hopefully most of you, and, and except for a handful, a lot of you know me, right? Know me for a while. And, and so hopefully... Uh, you know, the long-termness of my ministry, where I've been, that's just part of what's happened. Uh, and I've, and I've, I've experienced a lot, and I've seen the excesses. But I want to tell you what today, friends, we need to draw closer to the Holy Spirit than ever before. Now, it's interesting, and that's why I want you to get this book, especially those of you who come from backgrounds. You were born again before you came here. You maybe attended churches who said, man, that tongue stuff, those people are crazy. They've dispensationalized it. Uh, they take uh, act, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, where it does say in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 13, excuse me, where it says, tongues shall cease. It says that. But in the same paragraph, it says, and knowledge shall cease when that which is perfect has come. Grab this. When Jesus comes back and takes us to heaven, we're going to be a part of all knowledge. We're not going to need to pray in the Spirit because we'll be with the... Are you there? So what they do is they try to use something to say they're using knowledge to try to say that tongues shall cease when it says knowledge will cease also. And, and so, but I, I just want to read something here because Pastor Jack was asked to write this book by non-charismatics or non-Pentecostals. He's that respected uh, as, a, as a spiritual leader, built a great church in Southern California. In fact, we are working now, myself and our president of Grace International, that we are going to be going to a lot, Jack and myself and, and, and Steve, uh, we're going to be going to various parts of the country uh, sharing some things. It's really quite exciting. And uh, I first met Jack in Seoul, Korea, and, and he's just a great guy, very smart. He trips over his brains. I have never had that problem. I've stumbled over a lot of things, but never over my intellect, all right? But he, this is, he said introduction, call it a risk with warmth. And then he, and he talks about the fact that he was asked to write this book by not only non-charismatics or non-Pentecostals, but by a publishing company that had never in their history published a book by a charismatic. Because so much of this was happening in these churches and how do we deal with it and, you know, our preconceived ideas. He says this, there's actually a dual risk here. The first is that among many thousands of friends I've formed outside of Pentecostal charismatic circles. Now, the definition of Pentecost charismatic circles are people who believe that the nine gifts that are listed, and I'll read them to you in a few minutes, uh, are either not active or selectively. There's a few of them active, but not all of them, okay? So he said, the first is that among the many thousands of friends I found outside Pentecostal charismatic circles, some might feel I'm pushing. The second is that among a multitude of friends that I have within the Pentecostal charismatic circles, some might feel I'm pulling back. And what he's saying there is 
uh, when any movement starts and, and reignites itself. It was around the turn of the century, maybe a few years in, that there was a group that gathered in Kansas in a little old university, and they began to pray. They said, God, we want spark in our churches. There seems to be sort of, we, you know, we go and we just go through the ritual. And Now, they were saved, born-again people. And they just waited on God, and they had a Pentecostal charismatic experience, and they didn't even know what they were praying for. They didn't say, well, let's pray for this stuff. They just said, God, we want more of you. And that kicked off a, a, a revival that really peaked probably 15 years ago. It swept across the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Episcopalian Church. And then there were Pentecostal denominations like the Assemblies of God and others that began to reap a great harvest of these people who had that experience. With that, though, came a lot of excesses and a lot of craziness in the midst of a lot of goodness. All right? Are you with me? Now, we are adults here today. If you brought your kids, tell them, Pastor's going to PG-13 right now. Maybe even a little bit past that. <laughs> uh, is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The very word intimacy, right? You know, and, and, and we take, for example, God created us the way we are. Emotional, right? He created man, you know, and then he created woman, took our rib. That's why I always say this, you know, he created men from dirt, women from the rib. So that's why men have dirty minds. I, uh, come on now. Right? And then he talked about that and the Bible is very clear to coming together in a sexual relationship, Correct? And without raising your hands, how many would say, sex is good? Right? Amen. I heard of you. All right. But on the other hand, as you look at society, it has been dragged out, practiced where it shouldn't be practiced, practiced among people who shouldn't be practicing it until they get married. Right? Now, he loves you if you've done that. He forgives you. But my point is, Anything that has great potential also has a potential to be taken and wrongly used, and then we tag it wrong, right? So that's, that's where it is. Now, in, in John chapter 16, and, and if you, hopefully you're writing these things down. We'll get this up on our uh, uh, podcast, and you can listen to it, write these scriptures down. I don't, necess- I don't think I'm even going to have time to read them all. But when, when Jesus was moving toward the end of his ministry, uh, let's just look quickly if you have your Bibles. And, and really, we're going to order some Bibles. Bring Bibles. Some of you have the, you know, the modern little devices you can call up. But really bring them. They're hard to under. Well, you can even underline in them now. Uh, I didn't bring my, my iPad today to do this. But uh, the reality is, here's what it says. Jesus is saying to his disciples, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The Helper, that's the Holy Spirit, will come to you, for when I depart, I will send him to you. In other words, the disciples, they loved hanging out with Jesus. He was there. Man, they, they ate with him. They walked with him. They saw the miracles. And he said, look it, I'm going to Jerusalem. They're going to do bad things to me. They didn't even want to hear that. They said, well, we don't want to go through Jerusalem. 
But what happened is he said, I want to send to the church and to you the helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit has a lot of dimensions of how it works. And, and so they were, they were getting worried and upset about that. Then let's quickly move back to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I, I want to read this to you. And, and hopefully you'll begin to take a journey on this. Now, when I, when I came to Christ um, back in 1967, you know, uh, in fact, I emailed my son-in-law because my daughter, Brooke, is going to have a baby here in a couple of weeks. And uh, Josh Pierce is her husband. And, and uh, I remember many years ago in Salt Lake City, I was in my office and there was a knock on the door. And it was Pastor Gary and, and his wife, Ruth. And they said, we're going to have a baby. And it was Josh. Now that baby is growing up, married my daughter, and now they're going to have a baby. The time does fly. And, and so when you think about your life and you see how things develop and you see your kids grow up and you see maturity and, and various things come, you want to understand that God wants to grow us, right? Babies are beautiful, but you want them to grow, right? Teenagers are beautiful, but you, you know, when they start, you want them to leave sometime. <laughs> now, I know, but still, you know, whatever. So there's a process of, 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 of what God wants to put us through and teach us. And each particular uh, part of our spiritual walk is important. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be dumb. I don't want you, some of the other trends, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand what I have for you. Now, the... The, the thing that I want you to see here is there are, and we're going to move along because I, I just want to whet your appetite. I believe anybody that is knowing, that is serious about just seeing what happens in this, get this book. Sign up. It will help you. And then uh, we're going to be scheduling a class on the Holy Spirit. There are people here that teach it and, and, and just walk you through it's up to you. You might say, you know what, I'm not ready to go there, and that's fine. But we want to make it available. We want to set the table for you. We don't want to sweep it under the carpet. At the same time, we will not allow craziness. Years ago, I was preaching in Salt Lake City, the church I was pastoring back in the 80s, and at a balcony, and I'm preaching, and some woman, right when I'm preaching, pops off in what she called tongues. I told ushers, shut that woman up. I did. Can you believe I would say something like that? I did. And oh, I mean, after the service, that woman came, man, she had six or seven drills in her drill bit ready to drill me. And she said, you offended me. And I said, yeah, and you were offending everybody else in the room because you were out of order. Hello? I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And so we want to teach you, and we want you to understand. But I want to tell you what. The empowering prayer walks, standing in Dr. Cho's office, which is bigger than this church, not that he has, uh, you know, he's got a desk, and he's got a little office over in the corner, and after every one of their services, and it's amazing. You stand outside, and there's another 40,000 people that come in. You go to a service, boom, there's another 40,000, boom, boom. We went out to the Olympic Stadium, 180,000 
and he only let a small part of his church come to that prayer meeting. Are you there? But to watch those people walk by, lame, halt, blind, I mean, and, and, and just simply in the name of Jesus, he prays. And all of a sudden, backs are straight. And I can see. I mean, this is not staged. You know what I mean? Are you there? This, that's, there's another gift called healing. So all of these things knit together. I tell you what, you might not believe in healing until you get real sick and the, and the diagnosis doesn't look good. And all of a sudden, you're grabbing every straw out there. Are you with me? I don't want you to be ignorant. And I also don't want to judge the validity of something based on excess, based on sincere people doing stupid stuff. And Paul was addressing, if you read 1 Corinthians 12, you should read 13, make you feel good there, you know, the love stuff, then go back to chapter 14. Now, so let's, let's, look, it's, let's go on here. So it said, and there are diversities, verse 6, but it's the same God who works in all. He's talking about the things of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is giving to each one for the profit of all. How many understand the word profit? Right? So profit means that you're gaining something, right? Come on now. You just don't go to sleep on me. I mean, I've only got nine more minutes. I want profit in my life. So I want these gifts, these, these gifts. And then, then he lists them. He says this, For one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. And I want to tell you what, there are people who don't speak in tongues that have words of wisdom. I've got some great Christian friends who are pastors and leaders in churches that don't embrace that, that, the particular charismatic gift but have given me words of wisdom. It's some of the wacky charismatics will tell you if you don't speak in tongues, you can't ma- tongues, you can't manifest any of these other things. That's craziness. I don't want you to be ignorant. All right, that's the scripture. Here, to another faith by the same Spirit, to the other the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to the another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits. Most born-again women, most, not all, but most, come naturally by the discerning of spirits. Are you there? My wife can read my mail, and I'm just saying, Where? how did you know? You know what I mean? Women have that longer antenna there. You know, there are some men that do too, don't get me wrong. To another, different kinds of tongues, and to the other, the interpretation of tongues. And it talks about those two gifts walking in tandem. I have been in places where someone spoke in a tongue and also someone interpreted that. Now, let me just tell you that. That particular setting is an intimate setting and everybody that is involved in that room or that place needs to understand how these things work. Because, and Pastor Jack addresses it, and so does Paul. If that happens in like a service like this, there are those of you who might be visiting here today and, you know, someone over in the corner does something and someone else says some words after it, you know, and you say, oh man, these, it is, it's, it's a time for intimacy and understanding. And, and, and it's not something you hide, but I will tell you across the world today where these precious twins are going to school in Sydney, Australia, turning out some of the greatest worship leading, not only music, but worship leaders is a charismatic Pentecostal church. 
When you mention Hillsong, there are even non-Pentecostal churches that want Hillsong graduates to come and lead their worship. Why? Because there is a unique spark when you are open to all God has for you. Hello? Are you getting this a little bit? So why not? If it's, if, if, if it's out there, why, don't, why not explore it? I'm not saying every one of you here will, will receive that. You might have some of these other gifts working in your life. So then these next chapters, uh, especially when you get into chapter 14, talks about some of the excesses. Guess what? They had it back there. The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament inspired by the Spirit of God. And wherever you get Christians together, you get, uh, in, you know, excesses, you know what I mean? But let me just tell you this, friends. I would rather have some wildfire to put out than no fire at all. Are you talking, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I watch some of these services and their worship services, and man, I would be sleeping. I mean, you, if you slept through our worship service here today, we need to call an undertaker. And check your pulse. And, and, and I will tell you, that's, that's, there's a motivating spark of the Holy Spirit. And that's why these churches across America, that's why Dr. Cho can have hundreds of thousands of people. And not only in that church. When, I, when you go there and you're on his board, he sent me out to speak at a church. He said, uh, so I went out to speak at this church. The attendance was 20,000. Now, 20,000 in America, would you'd be like the number one attended church. Pretty close, okay? Uh, so I go out to speak at this church, come back that night. He asked me where I had preached, and I told him. He said, oh, yeah. When we started that church, we gave him $5 million and 5,000 people. Hello? And, they, you know, are you understanding there's, a, there's something about, and, and Dr. Cho will say, you just need to let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you. So now let, let's just look at a few other verses here. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to quit pretty quick here. Go, go to, if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. And I'm going to quit with this. Because there's no, this is such a, uh, a, an open, wonderful subject. Pick up this book. Sign up. Read it with an open heart. Pastor Jack takes you on his journey before he experienced it and, and some of the things that he thought and then had to rethink. Because I believe that we need... All the kinds of prayer. Pastor Ryan listed them on the bulletin last week. I mean, on the, on, up there. The, 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 the series is going to continue. Paul said, I pray with my mouth. I pray with my understanding. And when the Spirit prays through you, it unburdens stuff. And it said, I don't understand. But you know what? There's stuff inside of all of us that is so deep-rooted that we can't just pull up and say, yeah, that was, that was December 6th. 1985, when I was abused, or when that terrible thing happened to me, and it's there, and it's grabbing, it's robbing you, and the Spirit of God wants you to be able to pray that out. And He wants to empower you and give you strength. He wants to give you charisma. We're not talking about how tall you are, the type of clothes you wear, how you look, but, but He wants to just gift you with charismata. He said to the disciples, I could hang around another few years, but what I'm going to send to you on the day of Pentecost will just ignite you. And the church grew and expanded and exploded. And I told you about that revival of 1914, I believe it was. And it went like wildfire until about 1985. You know what happened? It's drawing back in. 
because the excesses and because people are too cool or too, too proud to say, you know, I want to just give in and let God take over parts of my life. Here I am, six foot four, if I stand up straight and a half, with an eight-pound dog. I mean, I'm walking down. If you don't look, you just think I'm following a leash. But there's a dog there. You know what I mean? That little sucker wakes me up every morning. I'm telling you what, I don't get a break. I told her, I told her, I said, Coco, it's, it's hot and humid out there. Didn't matter to her. And she's wearing a fur coat. We're out there. And I'm praying in the Spirit. And I said, God, I want you to be able to at least take some nugget to these people today that will get a hunger in their life, not just for speaking in tongues or praying in tongues, but a hunger to get a hold of what these gifts can mean to you. And that Jesus said, I got to go. I'm not going to hang around. I want to empower you. We need to empower the church of Jesus Christ. We need to empower our workplace, our schools, our government. We need, I tell you what, we need to call a prayer meeting in Wisconsin and come together, all denominations, and, and just believe God for a mighty, I'm telling you what. Now, how many believe the Apostle Paul had it together somewhat? He wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. That's better than most of you have done. And I close with this verse. Where's Dave? Dave, get out here. My goodness, Dave. I love when you come out early and you start playing something. You've got one minute. I've got one minute. Okay. There's an old chorus. And us old people like old choruses. It goes something like this, and you probably don't know it, Dave, and it would be dangerous if I tried to sing it. We would ruin everything. <laughs> it goes like this. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I am standing on his love divine. Every promise in this book is mine. I'm not going to take a scissors theologians call it the dispensational scissors. They say that that Holy Spirit died off after Pentecost and now we're in a new dispensation. I don't find it. I'm not going to take and cut that out. I, and I, I don't want any of you to think because you haven't experienced some of this stuff that you're a second class citizen in the body of Christ. You're a first class citizen. If you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, if you accepted Christ in your heart, you have the Holy Spirit every bit as much as I have. But then you just need to open yourself up. And that's what's going to be the, the key to launching Life Church to the next level. To move us. The Apostle Paul who had his stuff together, right? When I get to heaven, I want to look him up. Here's what he said as he closes down this particular portion of teaching to the church at Corinth. Therefore, brethren, therefore, brethren, turn to someone and say, brethren. Oh, isn't that exciting? A good old King James word. Therefore, brothers and sisters, desire earnestly to prophesy. I will prophesy to you today that if America doesn't get back to the Bible and serve in Jesus Christ, that flickering light will go out. If you were here a couple weeks ago, you know what I'm talking about. That's obvious. 
desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. What does it say? Don't forbid. Let all things be done decently and in order. See, the problem is the stuff that was not decent and out of order has carried the tag for a lot of you. Drop that off. The Apostle Paul also said in this chapter, and stand with me, I'm done. <laughs> I violated by two minutes. Would you forgive me? Paul also said this, I speak in tongues more than you all. He was a bit of a southerner. Been down south. Southerners say, you all. Y'all. Y'all. I speak in tongues more than y'all. I tell you what, I got a spiritual dog. That's all she hears. I walked by your house today praying and believing God for your family. You know, let's just open our hearts. You know, if, and, and just, you know, put down those preconceived notions. And why... Why would not the enemy want to hinder you to see the beauty that he has for you in every area of these spiritual gifts? Right? I'm done. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Before you go today, I'd like to talk to two groups of people real quickly. First group is this. Maybe you're here today. And you, you know, you've never formulated any opinions. You didn't know about that. But you also haven't given your life to Christ. You see, that's the first step. And the Holy Spirit is the one who draws you to Christ. If you haven't, if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, why don't you just say, you know, Lord, I, I want you to come into my life right now. Why don't we pray this prayer real quick? Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Lord, I ask you into my life. Forgive my sins and set me free. And I would also say, and this wasn't the last thing we'll be here in a minute, but if you're here today and you're sick, there is God's power to heal you. How many would just lift a hand and say, Pastor, I really need some, some prayer. God bless you, ma'am. Got lots of you. See, that's just the Spirit of God prompting my heart. Keep your hands up. Don't take them down. Father, right now, I pray that you would reach out your nail-scarred hand by the power of your Spirit and you would bring healing to these people. Lord, you would heal them. You would set them free. You're not frightened of cancer. You're not frightened of, of anything else. Lord, there are people that need their finances healed. There are all kinds of healings. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I would like you today to, I want to ask you this question. How many of you say, you know what, Pastor Arnie? I've had some preconceived notions about this Holy Spirit stuff. But I really want to just open my heart. Not to craziness, not to excess. But I really want to know. I want, I want to discover. I want to know. Because I want to just see what God has for me. If that's you, raise your hand. All right. Father, I, I see a lot of my friends and, and fellow Christians raising their hands. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open their heart. That they would, 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 would just read Jack's book. It's very, very spiritual. He's very, very smart. Very, very, well, very, very well tuned in to Scripture. And Lord, that, that your, your children would just take and read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and 15, and, and, and just say, you know what? It's here. Let's, let's explore it. And now, Father, take us from this place. And Lord, 
even though we have a special coming down and you could win a couple of brewer tickets, uh, let us invite people in spite of that. Let us begin to believe God to touch our friends and family for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.